Hello and welcome to a new series from the logs and welcome to the first episode of that series from the logs. Welcome to Real Talks. Real Talks is about having real talks about real issues with me, Yanni. Hold on. I don't know what to say. <laughs> what do I say? your name and me, Christina. Okay. I panicked, I just froze. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we not mess too much mess up too much business no, I, 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 I panicked i panicked okay i'm sorry no real talks is about having real talks about real issues with me yanni and me christina did you get it yeah so now we're gonna get into the nitty-gritty of what matters on real talks some topics like today's are going to be a bit more lighthearted, and others will be more intense but whatever the topic no matter the topic with every topic a real talk needs to be had that's right whether it's movies or books or politics or religion or relationships or mentality it doesn't matter because we are talking real on real talks exactly real talks Episode one, from origin to end game, coming right up. Let's do it. Hello, welcome to episode one of Real Talks, from origin to end game. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about heroes, heroes in end game, Avengers end game, that is. So if you haven't seen the movie Avengers end game in theaters now and in theaters for about two weeks now, go and see it because we're going to be spoiling a lot here. We're going to be talking about how the heroes in that movie in Avengers end game have progressed so far through the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and where their stories have gone so far. So we will take a look at the six Avengers, the six core and original Avengers, and we're going to understand their stories up to this point. We're going to go back uh, before we go forward and before we go to Endgame and understand where they've come from and where they will go. Do you have any more to say about the, the topic here? I think it's pretty self-explanatory. No, I think it's time to dive right in. I think it's time to dive right in. All right. I think we have to start off with our first Avenger here, Iron Man. Iron Man. Well, technically, Captain America was the first Avenger. That's if true. If we're going on a te technicality, then it would be technicality in chronological order. Yeah, that's that's true. But yeah. I'm, I'm saying in, ter in terms of in terms chronological. Of, yeah, in terms of the movie. In terms of the first. movies, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll say Iron Man is... 2008. Uh, it came out in 2008. Uh, 11 years ago now mm -hmm. to great success it launched the mcu the marvel cinematic it launched the mcu the marvel cinematic universe now with avengers endgame 22 movies strong and counting and counting um next movie is coming out in july spider-man far from home will make it 23 and i don't know if you saw but now they've locked down i think eight more dates uh yeah. for movies up until 2022 they haven't officially announced the title or what they're going to be but they have announced those eight dates 
They have, yeah. So like yeah. Two, it's two in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. three in twenty twenty one, and three in twenty twenty two. Yeah, that's eight right. more movies, and um, I think they're going to announce the the titles of the movies uh, this July. I think after Spider Man Far From Home drops July second, they they will have. I think they're going to be in Comic Con where they're going to be talking about those movies and yeah. and kind of outline the next three years of uh, Marvel movies. But right now we're focused on now uh, with Avengers Endgame, and we're focused on the stories of the six Avengers in Avengers Endgame. Uh, the six Avengers that started it all off uh, with uh, Marvel's The Avengers in 2012. We're starting off with Iron Man, as we've said, and and Iron Man has progressed. I mean, uh, I, I would say the most. In, yeah, I think it's safe to say that he has one of the biggest character arches from his solo all the way to endgame yeah definitely what just just start off start us off just just tell us a little bit about his personality in the beginning and in iron man who was he i guess before the attack before the attack before the, before the terrorist attack before the terrorist attack yeah on him in that movie and because you could also take into account in iron man 3 where they had in the beginning of the movie that uh, flashback sequence so mm-hmm. You can take into account his character in Iron Man, you know, very cocky guy, yeah. um, very uh, self-absorbed, and then um, how he's gone until now. So, like, in, in that movie, I mean, you could def- he could define it his, himself. He was, he's a, gen- <laughs> he's a genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, and it really shows. So, how about you take us through a little bit of that and, and why he was that? Yeah, I mean, well, I think you hit the nail on the head there. He was he was all for the money. He was very I mean, even in the first Iron Man, he had his name plastered everywhere and we can we can see that. Uh yeah. he was he's he was a womanizer until obviously until he got in a ship with Pepper, but he kind of was a man that lived for himself. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that came from the childhood trauma that he had and not being that close to his father, which kind of damaged him there. But he he was he was pretty arrogant, pretty cocky. He was the polar opposite of what he is now. I think everyone can say that. Mm-hmm. It's fair to say, um, because now he's such a a father figure and he's more selfless. In two thousand eight, in the first Iron Man, he was more selfish, and that's pretty clear. Yeah, yeah, and especially as you explore his character at, at, up to this point, the um, the relationship that he has with Spider Man, which really shows yeah. his, his father. Uh, figureness of uh, you know how he's become that father to Spider-Man that Spider that Spider-Man Peter Parker was I, lacking. I think, I think someone did the math and said that Tom Holland and RDJ or Spider-Man and Iron Man in the in a conglomeration of all of the screen time they had together was no more than like twenty minutes, maybe less. Oh, so really? what Marvel did beautifully is that they were able to make this unbreakable bond, this really amazing bond between two characters that didn't even have an hour of screen time together overall. And that wow. includes that includes Civil War, uh, Homecoming, and Infinity War, and now Endgame. That was the four they were in together, right? I think Yeah, so. yeah. And wait, in Civil War, that was even that's that twenty minutes is including that long scene that in in his bedroom in Civil War where they're talking. Yeah, but it, well, it wasn't really twenty minutes. It was probably like, I don't know, eight minutes. Okay. Not yeah. even yeah. Maybe yeah. not even eight. Wow. So then you take you take that and then you take his. I don't even think RDJ had 
that long of a screen run in Homecoming. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think they said 12 minutes for that or something like yeah, that. The entire yeah. movie. Yeah. And even that, it's not like they're not face to face all the time. Like the one yeah. scene where he was just like uh, some, like, you know, uh, he was abroad somewhere and he was just talking to Peter through the through the Iron Man suit. But right, you can still yeah, see yeah. the the relationship being built because in that scene, Spider-Man was kind of, he was, uh, oh, he wasn't listening to what Iron Man was telling him, you know, being a yeah. friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, leave it alone, I'll handle it. Um, and kind of being like a kid, you know, not listening to their parents. Yeah, and, um, and that I think Tony started noticing a little bit of himself in Peter in the beginning, which is why he said when they were ar- arguing on the bridge, he said, you know, I sound like my dad now when he was talking to Peter. Yeah. Because he and sees I, like. And he's like, I want you to be better. I wanted you to be better. Yeah. 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 I don't want you to be like me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and that's that's really like the core of their father, the, their father son relationship. And that's why yeah. I was so emotional when you know, when Peter uh, was dusted in um, in Infinity War, and then um, the reciprocal happened in Endgame, where I mean Iron Man wasn't dusted, but he died. Yeah, and now yeah. it's permanent, and now you could actually see it in the in the trailer from Far From Home, where he's it know, opens still, up with it. Yeah, it opens up with it. He's still struggling with that loss. Yeah, I mean and Peter. Not okay. No, no, we're, we're, no, I was gonna say like, um, not only with with Peter, but with, like with Happy Hogan, there's the relationship there with Pepper's the relationship, but now with, obviously with his daughter Morgan, it's gonna be interesting to see how she's gonna grow in the MCU if she, yeah. if they're gonna include her in the MCU. The cool thing about that is that I feel like there's so many kids now in the MCU that in yeah. ten years they're gonna be like, like the Avengers, like they're just yeah. planting seeds for like the next ten years. When- I mean, they they even did it in the opening of Endgame with uh, Hawkeye's daughter. What's her name? Not not Cassie. Cassie's Ant Man's daughter. Yeah, Cassie's Ant Man's daughter. Um, I don't remember her name because Hawkeye. Because he called her Hawkeye in the in the opening of Endgame. But yeah, he did. Hawkeye in the comics is a different. Like with when his um, the the female Hawkeye in the comics is different from the male Hawkeye. She has a different name, and I don't think that name that she has in the comics was given to the the one in the movie. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, but she's probably going to become Hawkeye because they have the the series too the, on on Disney Plus now in in November when it comes out or whenever it comes out. Um, yeah, I guess that's what it's going to be dealing with, and then eventually she's going to be coming into the movies because this is a Marvel Studios production. So, and I think Kevin Feige said for sure that all these people that are going into their their series are still going to come back and become you know they're still going to be Avengers. Mm-hmm. By the way, Disney Plus is a brilliant move by Marvel. Because it's just gonna keep like it's kind of like a new Netflix thing, and yeah. they're and they're not because a lot of the times what they do in especially like in comic they have the movies those actors and then the TV shows and different actors with the same character. Yeah, and it kind of it doesn't confuse it just it just se- separates like it creates this distinct line between the two. But yeah. what I like about it is that they're taking characters that you know and love and you've grown with over ten years and they're yeah. bringing them onto their TV show to like kind of like see their story by themselves mm-hmm. you know? exactly and and you know like once you see this story it's like it's going to matter because it's going to go back into the movies yeah 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 it's not like just going to be it's like even even more within marvel it's not like you you have to go out to dc to sh- see this like there's a disconnect between like the marvel netflix shows uh the ones on abc like agents of shield there's a new and, one uh, Ho- uh cloak and dagger i think yeah cloak and dagger all those ones that are uh, published by Marvel Television and ABC yeah. usually. Um, 
there's still a disconnect because they never show up in the in the movies. But now, because with Disney Plus, it's all through Disney. They don't have to make outside deals with anything. Yeah. They could just make whatever they want. They could have, uh, I think, um, the Winter Soldier one, or yeah, yeah, a Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to be six episodes. Mm-hmm. And the, and they could do that. They could do make six hour long episodes, six hours of content, and they could you know make what 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 the story they want to tell, and they don't have to stretch it to thirteen episodes or ten episodes or whatever. Exactly. Make like yeah. a whole season. It's like I want to tell this story, and this is the story, the logical progression of that story. It doesn't need thirteen hours. It just needs six. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you're going to see them in the movie after that. And that's also important too because that's the evolution of Marvel as we're talking about from the origin to the end game. It's Marvel has gone and learned from its mistakes about separating television and movies and making one cohesive package. So Yeah, I just I don't know where to transition. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, let's go back to Iron Man um, and okay. just understand him again, understand his progression from, we understand that he was a the very self-absorbed, very cocky man in right. Iron Man. And then in Iron Man 2, he was still much the same. I think after his experience in the cave, um, or I forget the guy's name, um, the the doctor in the cave, mm-hmm. um, he was, uh, they had that experience. And they're like, you know what, he he realized what, his weapons do and what the hurt that he can bring to people. And after that, he really just tried to fix that. He was still the self-absorbed guy, but he realized that, you know, he gave the company to pepper. He's like, you know, I, I can't deal with this anymore. I need to focus on myself. I need to focus on what I have to do. And uh, Iron Man was the thing that he had to do to protect people. Originally he made it, he made it to, to destroy the things like the the stark weaponry that the people had stolen that those terrorists had stolen but then he realized that it could do more i think and that's what brought him to in contact with nick fury and with um, the world of the avengers yeah cuz in iron man 2 he not only met nick fury but he met black widow who's another one of the original 6 yeah exactly exactly so and and he was introduced to a bunch of those uh, like the well, he goes back to his father, and then he was introduced, like with the intel, the stuff that they had to read. He learned more about Captain America and and the Hulk and, and Hawkeye, mm-hmm. and more about the team. Yeah. And while you know Tony was realizing there's this whole world around him, Marvel in in like the real world was realizing how to create some sort of universe because it's easy to work. I mean. Okay, it's not very easy, but in terms of what in terms of what Marvel has done, it's easy to work on one movie. But then, how do you connect that movie to a bunch of other movies? Uh, I think Joe Russo said in Endgame there was eleven. There are eleven franchises in that movie. So how do you connect those eleven franchises and meet? Have them all meet at Endgame? I mean, I think that's one of the things that Marvel fans truly admire about Marvel. It's because there's it's so intricate, and it's not just like one movie stands alone, but it's now you're like involved in it. You've grown up with these movies, and they're kind of a part of you now because you've seen one, you've seen another. So if you go, if you walk into a Marvel movie, like yeah, you'll enjoy it. But if you haven't seen the ones prior, you're gonna be like, oh, who's that? Who's this? What's the relationship there? But the beauty yeah. behind it is, like, even in Endgame, I think it's one scene that's kind of underrated is when Nebula comes off the ship after Captain Marvel saves Tony. 
and oh, Nebula. Yeah. When when Nebula sits down and Rocket just grabs her hand, like that is a really important scene because they hated each other. Like Nebula was mm-hmm. evil. Like I need to I need to get Thanos on my good side. I need to anything to say that I'm the best daughter. And yeah. Rocket was all about money and like he hated Nebula. They hate each other, and now they're like holding hands. You know, yeah. it's and really. And their story really became important. about finding those people that they cared about. When like in the last movies, they didn't care about anybody at all. Yeah, each of the Guardians had like uh, Quill didn't really care. He's off on his own, just wanted to make money as well. Rocket and Groot, they were together. Gamora was with Thanos, and uh, Drax was in prison, I think. And all he wanted to do was avenge his avenge his um daughter and wife. Yeah, so they were all fighting for themselves in some way, mm-hmm. shape, or form. And then and they, they, realized they realized their family. Their family. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what really, like, that's the whole tone of the MCU, because there's always issues with finding your family and keeping your family. So with Iron Man, he was struggling as a kid to find who his dad is and, and what his dad is, like the relationship that he's supposed to have with his dad. And I mean, coming from a very rich family, he was always kind of, um, a hand's length away from his dad. He wasn't like re- really connected to him. And then he realized, I think when he had that conversation, when he went back in t- 1970 in Endgame, he realized what fatherhood is really about and all the right. stuff that his dad actually has taught him, either you know directly or indirectly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, it, even in Iron Man 2, when he's talking, um, he's looking at those recordings, uh, those reels, and he sees his dad and he just sees his, him talking to him. And he's like, you know, Tony, you are my greatest creation. He sees that too. And he's like, okay, I am meant for something. And and my dad realized that I'm meant for something. And I think that's the best gift you could really give, I think, from a father or a parent to a child. Yeah. Yeah. And I think but, that's what he was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, say, but like relating to family, I think the beautiful thing is, why I love going to see every Marvel movie opening night in theater is because everyone is there for the same reason. And mm-hmm. you're sitting there in a packed theater. And for some reason, it doesn't feel like you're by a stranger because everyone has grown with you. Everyone has seen this with you. We laugh at the same thing. We cry at the same thing. We were shocked at the same thing. Um, and it's just like to see their reaction the same as yours. It's like we're on the same level. It's not just like we're seeing... I don't know any blockbuster movie or like any spy movie or anything. It's 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 this long journey that we've all been on for the past ten years. And some exactly. probably, probably some people you've been in the same theater with multiple times, but you don't even know. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. I think that's something that Marvel has. I don't know if 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 they did it intentionally, but they have made a family among people in different communities in in a theater in different towns. Exactly. Yeah, because you go in there, you're like, okay. I'm at the same point as everybody else because right. it's like you, you go into see Endgame. I've seen all the other 21 movies, and mm-hmm. I could easily talk to the person next to me about you know for hours about what's going to happen on this screen. Yeah, yeah. And you could bond over that. Yeah, and another great thing is is the end credit scenes because when they happen, some people are like, "What?" and some people are like, "Oh my god, no way! This, this is happening!" And they kind of look at each other and like, "Wait, what's going on?" And they kind of piece together what's going to happen next. Yeah, to build that and- anticipation again. 
and like it comes from you know the more casual viewers or like you know i just love seeing the marvel movies in in the theaters it's like one of my pastimes to even like the hardcore like the comics fanatics or they're like and it's not like it's a community where they just don't want you there. Like the comics, people will say, Oh man, do you see that thing that happened in the end credit scene? You, this connects to this comic and this comic. So they could take it that way or that way. And yeah. just build a relationship because you're like, I want to tell you all about this stuff and I want you to explore and then just see it with me happen on screen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that's really cool about it. Just everyone wants, wants to be involved. Like we don't, we don't want to be segregated. We want to bring more and more and more people into the, into the family. Yeah. Because that's the, the more of the people that you get in you, because the thing is that there's always a next thing. I think that's the biggest, you know, and also a big thing that's just kind of not as, you know, you know, talked about when Marvel just ends movies with, you know, um, the, the guardians will return or Thanos will return or whatever. It, it shows that there's something next and you're like, you know, yeah. I love this experience and I don't want it to end. It's, it's happening. It's going to, you know, I'm going to live with this experience and not just one and done. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is another important thing, because if you think about this as a series, like a you know like a regular TV TV series, it's gone on for twenty two movies and ten years. Yeah. What other series have gone on for ten years? Successfully. Been, successfully, yeah. For ten years. And just grown and grown and grown. I mean, Avengers Endgame, the latest movie out of twenty two, is the the highest grossing, the biggest movie. Yeah, the biggest yeah. opening, it surpassed, well, so far it surpassed Titanic, and now they're guessing it might surpass Avatar in the coming days. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And, Aven and Avengers Endgame, if you look at it, it's technically it's Avengers 4. It's the fourth movie in the Avengers franchise. Yeah. And and you think about it, because shouldn't movies just keep getting progressively worse if you just look at like the the every other movie out there? You know, the origin story, you know, whatever movie one is like really good, and then they go mm -hmm. and make movie two. And it's kind of not, you know, it doesn't hold up to like movie one. Yeah, yeah. And that's happened, you know, in in um in the MCU, you know, with Iron Man, Iron Man two didn't hold up to like the original, but still, mm -hmm. I mean, they're still all good movies. But there and there are some instances where, okay, like oh, the best one is Thor and Thor: The Dark World, where you know it's yeah. not, yeah, yeah. It was a good movie, just wasn't the best among all the Thors. Yeah, um, it just was kind of lacking with a villain. But, but, but you can like say that. the same for the Avengers. Like Avengers, the first one was the, the welcoming, the, the bringing together. And then Age of Ultron, it was good. It, it set up everything coming forth. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. It, that's Because everybody says Aveng Age of Ultron is the worst Avengers, but I don't know why I just love that not. movie so much. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's so not. good. Yeah. I think it, it's really... What Joss Whedon had to do at that point where he had to set up... Uh, movies for four years like we yeah. just paid off avengers yeah uh, age of ultron and um, and, he, and he didn't and the way joss did it he didn't just like shove information in our faces but he did it beautifully he told a story a good plot line and he yeah. introduced he introduced scarlet witch and quicksilver momentarily um <laughs> yeah. but but it it built up and vision and vision i forgot about vision yeah vision who yeah was really important in infinity war yeah and he even set up the love story between vision and uh scarlet witch where he flew down into the the um, the train near the end and he picked her up remember yeah. that yeah and they just had a connection there and you're like that was like a scene that lasted like a half a second but you could like okay you could build a relationship the love story that happened in a infinity war you know uh yeah four years that, later that, that was a parallel that i noticed actually when, when we were watching infinity war 
in the, in the train station and when she's carrying Vision and setting him down, it's like a parallel to the Age of Ultron when he carries her oh, off yeah. the train. I was oh, like, I'm yeah. not noticing this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Really and you can see the character progression right there. And he, they, they also, they, sorry, they also preceded the uh, love story from uh, the first Avengers. Remember when Black Widow's trying to get Bruce Banner on board? Yeah. And then they kind of continued that in Age of Ultron. Some people oh. say that that love is a little forced, but I think it was kind of something that you didn't expect to happen. But it, it, I think it was it was placed fine. Like I don't think they did anything just to pull it out of the air. You know? No, I don't think so either. I think that what it is is that with with Hulk, there's like an inner anger that he has, and this yeah. anger is controlling him. So, what was I saying? So what it is is that Hulk has an inner anger that he has, and it's just like taking over him. And he's trying to always defeat that anger, and he's trying to hide it with you know by hiding the Hulk. And it's very visible when you see the Hulk because you're like, okay, I'm angry. You know, I'm always angry. Remember? Yeah. With Black Widow, I think I feel like she also has that anger, and it's it's also I think for Hulk, it's directed towards himself because I feel uh, for Bruce Banner because he's he did it to himself, and he he was like that that was his failure. Mm-hmm. For for like you know failing that experiment and and making that mistake, but for Black Widow it's uh, directed towards the outside and because people have wronged her like her dad put her in that the school uh, that you know for assassins or I'm not exactly yeah. sure but you know the that um, it's the one that's like psychological dormant to make you into this like kind mm-hmm. of stone cold assassin basically Ex- exactly yeah so um, that that and and they've both had been wronged either, you know, by the self, like they've made their own wrong or somebody else did them wrong. But when it comes down to it, they're both just angry mm-hmm. and they're both angry at the world and they, they hide it. Um, so I feel that's the connection that they share because who else are you going to share that connection with among the, you know, the people that you talk to all the time and the people that you interact with this, this family uh, that you get, that you create with uh, the original six Avengers. Yeah. And I, I think it is, it is organic. Yeah, because I think Hulk and Black Widow, at one point, they both said, you know, I, I think I'm better alone. I, I think Hulk said in Age of Ultron, um, he said, I think better alone. I'm better off alone because that way I don't hurt people. But then after all that time, they're like, maybe it's not great to be alone. Maybe like we're alone and we're lonely. It's different to be alone and then be lonely. But the two of them are so isolated from the world because they're so afraid of losing people. That's all they ever know. That's and then yeah. I, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, and then in Endgame, they're like, you know what? No, we're we're a family. So that they had a good, uh, individually and together, they had a really good character arc and development there. Yeah, because I think when it comes down to Endgame, where I mean, in Infinity War, it was still that awkward phase. Remember where um, they go back to the compound, uh, Steve Rogers, uh, Scarlet Witch, and um, what's her name? Oh, they oh they bring Vision. They bring Vision. Remember, they're trying to save him. They bring him back yeah, to the compound, yeah. and then. Ro- Odie yeah. is there talking to the, um, give me the name for, of the, the uh, Senator Ross. No, yeah, no, no, Senator no, no, no. Ross. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Senator Ross. Yeah. You're right. Senator Ross. Uh, Secretary. Secretary Ross. Secretary Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Secretary Ross. Okay. So Rhodey's talking to Secretary Ross about the, about something. And then the, of the Avengers, the secret Avengers come in now. And then uh, Scarlet and Scarlet Johansson, uh, Black Widow, Natasha, and Hulk and Bruce Banner have this little interaction. Remember, Falcon says, "Wow, this is awkward." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
and that's there's still like the awkward sort of relationship is it going to be a relationship no relationship between them two at that at that point in avengers infinity war and then in endgame with that time jump you see there's something something had happened um between the two because you know for 18 months uh, hulk was working on being or bruce banner was working on being the Hulk and matching the brain of Bruce Banner to the body of Hulk. Yeah, so they can coexist rather than like you have your turn and I'll have my turn. Exactly. So he was trying to solve the thing that made him most angry in life. Which was himself. Which was himself, yeah, his failure to to mm-hmm. do the thing, to, to, you know, isolate gamma rays and whatever, um, make the serum, basically, that, you know, the that created Captain America, which yeah. was kind of hinted at in Avengers. Uh, the first Avengers. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of Scarlet Witch, oh, I'm sorry, in terms of Natasha Romanov with Black Panther, Black Panther, in terms of Natasha Romanov with Black Widow, she was trying to solve her anger by keeping the family together in Endgame after the five-year jump. Yeah. Keep, keeping the world together. Because she's I like... Think, I think, sorry, I think her sacrifice it's 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 easier to kind of her sacrifice to be like overshadowed by the loss of iron man and then the the passing on of the shield captain america to falcon but mm-hmm. her sacrifice was really crucial and fundamental to the rest of the plot because yeah. had she not sacrificed she not done what she did how would they have gotten the soul stone you know yeah and it it kind of uh broke my heart that you know the scene where uh Peter Parker, he hands the gauntlet over to Captain Marvel, and he's like, I don't get going to get through all that. And then all the mm. Marvel women are walking. I was like, I feel so bad that Natasha, who had been in the franchise for 10 years, didn't get a chance to walk among with all those women. Yeah. You know? I was kinda, I mean, she kinda did like, give him the chance to do that, though, because she brought right. him all back. Exactly. Yeah. And she kind of started off, and she became, she went from the sort of kind of sexy uh, receptionist spy sort of uh, character to super strong leader in, yeah. in the Avengers. And sometimes, you know, she, she, as a leader, she made the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice. And she allowed something like that to happen where now we're getting more and more. It, it, like, if you look at it in terms of the MCU, not in terms of what like the storyline, you're getting more and more diversity into the, the, the stories and more people experiencing themselves on the screen, on the big screen. And that that scene that you're referencing with all the women are getting the Infinity Gauntlet to the to the van is um, is a big scene. Is a big scene, and you know some say some say it's like awkwardly placed or something like that. But but why? I mean, everybody wants to see themselves on screen, and why not yeah. have it there where it's a big moment and they have to get the Infinity Gauntlet to the thing? It's not it's not going out of its way to be super hyper whatever. It's just saying you know. These people are trying to, they have an objective. These are the people that are going to do it, and they're all going to work together to defeat the, the alien Chitari and the, uh, Thanos' army to get there. Yeah, and I think that also goes back to the idea of family, because a lot of those people, not, not just the women in that scene, but just overall, as soon as those portals opened up, a good portion of them didn't even know each other, yet they were still fighting for each other and defending each other because they all had yeah. one common goal, like, we have to win this for each other yeah for everything that we've lost um so that's also really and that's that's a really epic scene 
That's that, one of the best that, scenes. I think that's one of the greatest fight scenes. I don't know. I don't know how you top that. Like not only yeah. just Marvel, but like in like superhero films coming forward, like Marvel yeah. DC. Like I don't know how you top something like that. It's everyone was there. It was really brilliant. Like everyone was there. Yeah. Unfortunately, except for Black Widow and Vision. But it had um, a perfect setup, you know, with perfect the, setup. It was beautiful. You get yeah. that awesome splash screen where it's it's Steve Rogers and he's facing like it's kind of looks like a sort of like a almost like a biblical sort of thing that should be on a yeah. temple where it's like one yeah. against the many evil. Especially when when Valkyrie comes in the Pegasus. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, the, I mean that those scenes in Thor Ragnarok like that were really they were so, really great. Yeah, and I'm really yeah. glad that they brought it back for yeah. Endgame. Oh yeah, the Pegasus. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we and, we need to, we need to talk about Captain America for a second. We do, we do. Because Captain America, you know, is my favorite, and he will always be my favorite. Steve Rogers, mm-hmm. Chris Evans, Captain America. He has, like Iron Man, one of the greatest character developments as well. Mm-hmm. Because which is a weird character development because yeah, his morals are like his character virtues are already like at peak. Like you know, they're already yeah. very good. Because uh, I think I forgot, I forgot what the name of the doctor in the first Captain America, but he said, "Promise me that you you won't be a good soldier, but also a good man." And that's something, and that's why the serum worked was because his mm-hmm. intentions were pure. Uh, was it Project Rebirth? I think that's what it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it worked because he 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 was such a warm hearted, pure guy, and he knows how to fight for other people. But I think it's also one of his flaws that he doesn't know how to live outside a uniform. Exactly. And he doesn't know how to not fight for other people. Like he said in Civil War, he's like, remember, he says, Us, I, when I see a situation pointed south, I can't, I can't help but you know, intervene. Yeah, and I can't Iron ignore Man it. Said, yeah. I can't ignore it. And then he's like, sometimes I wish I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Iron and Man. Iron says, yeah. <laughs> sometimes Iron I want to punch says, you and your perfect teeth, something like that. But we need you, yeah. yeah. And, and then and he says, Oh, oh no, he says, sometimes I wish I don't. And then Iron Man says, no, you don't. And he's like, yeah, you're right, I don't. Mm-hmm. It's like he, and then he sometimes, just, yeah. yeah. He just wants to like fight for people. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think the friendship between Captain America and Iron Man is also a good development because they're, they're opposites of each other. And at the end, they become. Like the like Iron Man becomes kind of Captain America's morals, and Captain America becomes kind of Iron Man's morals in a sense. Yeah, they're foils. They foil. Yeah, and they've kind of they've gone on they've gone on parallel journeys, like parallel but opposite journeys. Mm -hmm. Because Captain America knew nothing but fighting for somebody else and for fighting inside a uniform, for fighting for some greater cause. But then in the end of Endgame, he's like, you know, I want to take something for myself. Because yeah. I've earned it. I think he said his last one of his last lines was like, "I th- I thought I'd try that life." Tony told me to get, yeah, something along oh. the, that line. And I was like, "It's it's not selfish at that point." At that point, it's like, "Yeah, you you've you've lived your life fighting for us. It's it's almost fair for you to go and try to find yeah. yourself outside of Captain America." It's yeah. sad to obviously see him go, mm-hmm. but it's 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 the reality of it. And then with yeah. Iron Man. He he lived for himself, and at the end, he was like, "He died no. fighting for everybody yeah. else." I, I think in the the first Avengers, uh, Iron Man or Tony Stark had told Steve Rogers like everything special about you came out of a bottle, and then Captain yeah. America before Iron Man said that Captain America said something along the lines of, "You're not the kind of guy who will lay down in the wild and let, let the other guy crawl over you." 
Mm-hmm. And at the end, in, in Endgame, they proved both of those things wrong. They did. Which was, I thought was really, really cool. Yeah. Captain America kept fighting for, and he showed that he just can't stop fighting for the little guy. Yeah. And then Iron Man showed that he can make the ultimate sacrifice when, when it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think another really cool scene that, oh, obviously it wasn't just like my only favorite scene. The scene mm-hmm. where Captain America lifted oh, Thor's yeah. hammer. I can't pronounce is it. Is it, is it Mjolnir? Mjolnir. I, Mjolnir I, I pronounce it Mjolnir. Mjolnir? All right. Yeah. However people Some pronounce people say it. say Mjolnir? Mjolnir? Some people pronounce the J. I'm like, I don't think you're supposed to pronounce the J. The no, M-J. I don't think you're supposed to pronounce it. Yeah. But Mjolnir also sounds good. Because it's an Thor, o, Thor's right? hammer. We're going to go with Thor's hammer. The Thor's hammer. hammer. The hammer. He lifted the hammer. And like, just uh, that scene was so incredible. Because in the beginning, you were like, wait, is it? Because I remember um, uh, Eleni was sitting next to me. And she thought it was Captain Marvel that lifted it because yeah. she has the Infinity Stone in her like Vision did. And Vision was able to lift the hammer. So she figured like, oh, OK, it's Captain Marvel. Like, this is her entrance. And yeah. I was like, no, it's not that. Okay, and, no, then, and, then, so. and then, yeah, and some were like, oh, it's Iron Man, because I think he was behind Thor trying to recover. And then I was like, I, I don't because I, I was thinking about Age of Ultron when the hammer shifted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, did Captain America... And then he stopped. Like, he put his hands up. Like, did he stop yeah. or did he just realize, yeah, I can't do it? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing, too. It's like, did he just go and he's like, he instantly felt like, okay, I could lift this hammer right now. Yeah. And he just, like, stops. He's like, okay, I can't, I can't, you know, take this away from Iron or from Thor. That's the... I, I, I don't know. Or was he just like, he just couldn't do it? It, it could be that, but it also kind of reminded me if in the first Thor... Uh, when Odin stripped Thor of his power, he said that he, you can lift it again when you, uh, well, those who, those who possess the power of Thor can lift the hammer, right? Yeah. Um, and Thor wasn't worthy because he had all this like inner turmoil. So I'm thinking maybe in Age of Ultron, if he couldn't have picked it up and if he didn't stop himself, then maybe it's because he had all this um, thing going on when he knew what Bucky did to Tony's parents. And he had all these inner secrets Uh, and inner struggles that he wasn't worthy yet because he still had to let go of a lot of things. Because when did he find out about uh, Tony's parents? Oh, he found out in winter soldier, right? Was it, was it in winter soldier? Yeah. I think because remember when he and black widow went down into the, the bunker at at the base. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I think that's yeah. that's when he found. Oh, is because it was like. Oh, I remember the the doctor. He was like, sometimes accidents happen, and then and then it shows Howard Stark dead, and then it shows yeah. like a picture of of um the Winter Soldier or Bucky. Yeah. So I think, I think that's why he. If you're going with the theory that he wasn't worthy yet, I think that's why. But you can also say that he stopped himself from lifting the hammer. Yeah. But then in Endgame when he lifted it, that was like the ultimate. I, I like the theory that he he wasn't worthy yet. Yeah, yeah. Because if he was, if he was eternally, because he, he didn't, he didn't do everything right, and he met, he saw that you saw that in Civil War. You know, he mm-hmm. tried to keep everybody in line, but sometimes you just have to tell the truth. And he yeah. learned that in, in in Civil War, and he's like, you know what? Sometimes you just have to tell the truth and say, you know, this is how it has to be. And you know what, Tony, this is what happened. I know he's my best friend, but this is what he did. Yeah. Um, and how do we go about dealing with this? And he learned that. He learned that lesson. 
And I think that's the reason that, like, you know, after Civil War, they come back together. Because after Civil War, they didn't see each other until Tony came back from the spaceship. Right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what the time jump was between Infinity War and Endgame. The Civil War took place at the same Civil time. Civil War, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Civil War took place at the same time. Like, so it came on 2016. It, it it took place in 2016, but that's when Spider-Man: Homecoming the next year in 2017 kind of messed up the timeline. And in before the the time jump in, wait, hold on. Endgame had the five year time jump. And Endgame had the five year time jump, but I think at that point in Endgame it was 2023 before before the time jump. Yeah. So when Tony landed down, it was 2023. So it's roughly like seven years since they've seen each other. Really? I think I so. I feel it's a long time. I feel like that's a long time, too. I but thought it was Civil War. And then because Spider-Man Homecoming picked up moments after Civil War. Yeah. So they were still kind of in the same time zone there so i don't think there was a time jump between civil war and spider-man homecoming and then after after, like some, after no after no there, there, homecoming rewrote the the timeline of because up until homecoming every movie was so like if it happened if the movie came out in 2011 everything all it the was, stuff that it was happened 2011 yeah it was 2011 yeah but i think i don't know if it was because uh when because remember in the first yeah, was it the first no the second Iron Man where um Peter Parker is the little boy. Mm-hmm. I think that's why they rewrote the timeline in that one. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. To make him age appropriate, I think that's how that worked because in that one he would have been, let's say he, at the he was a real boy like seven or sixteen mm-hmm. in 2010, and they do it like uh 2023. I think a four year time jump. To 2021. Yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm not sure not, what the timeline is. Now, yeah, now I'm messing myself up. Either way, Captain America and Iron Man hadn't seen them, each other in a very long. And the first thing he goes in, he's like, we, he's like, I lost the kid. I, I, I love that that was the first thing he said because you can yeah. really feel like, oh, I failed. Like I really yeah. failed. And because in Spider Homecoming, he said, and if anything happened to you, I feel like that's on me. Yeah, and something happened to him, and it and partially th- was on Iron Man, but it obviously wasn't because there were so many moments where they could have stopped Thanos. Yeah, but they they didn't. And um, and then Captain America he just comes back and he just says, "We lost." He's like Tony, we lost. Yeah, he's like he's like you didn't lose because at that moment I think like Tony is still thinking of himself because he's like it's on me, it's me, it's me, it's me. And even though his things are right, like his his idea or his um his head is pointing in the right direction, like towards doing right and towards like let's say teaching Spider Man to be a good person, not like him. Mm-hmm. He's still thinking of everything in terms of himself. He's not thinking about everybody else. But I think he's doing that because at that point the Avengers are broken after Infinity, yeah. after Civil War. Um, you know, Captain America lays down his shield because Tony says, you don't deserve it. My father made that shield. So at that point, they're broken. That's why he didn't say we lost. He said, uh, I lost the kid. And then yeah. later on in Endgame, he says, you know, in Age of Ultron, I think Captain America said, you know, if we lose, we'll, you know, we'll do that. We'll do that together, too. Yeah. And they didn't 
loose together to in Tony's perspective because Captain America wasn't there to help him. Yeah. He was there to help him fight. Like he did, I don't think he knew that what was going on in Wakanda. Obviously there's no way of him knowing that. Yeah. Um, I mean but, at that point maybe they they told him but in that scene where he was like Tony Stark looked very sickly. Yeah. He was in the wheelchair. Yeah. And he's like remember I I wanted a suit of armor around the world and you all said, you know, no. We had to defeat Ultron, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And maybe this could have prevented that. And he's always he's he's been struggling with anxiety about this thing that's going to happen, and it happened, and like every, half the world is gone. Yeah. And now he's like, he's he doesn't know. He's like, is it my fault? It is his. He's like, you know, he he puts it on himself, but is it also Captain America's fault? Because he's like, you weren't there, Captain. You weren't there, Steve. We 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 didn't lose together. We lost uh, light years apart. Yeah. I lost on uh, a planet, you know, thousands of miles away from, from Earth. We, we, maybe if we were together, we could have fought a, a winning battle. And they did at the end. Just goes hey, yeah, in the end game, they did, yeah. Yeah. But that's, it, it, that, that's, what, that's what the great thing it is that there, there is between those two characters, Iron Man and Captain America, that they created them and turn them into foils. And I think it was it's most apparent that they're foils in Civil War. And they just kept building that since then. And they were yeah. building that indirectly because between Civil War and um, let's say Infinity War when they both reappeared, they didn't have any of their own movies. They, there wasn't like an Iron Man 4 or Captain America 4. That's right, their, there wasn't. Their movies were just played out. Uh, I mean, their their ideas were just played out across other movies. But and you could still tell in in those movies the 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 dichotomy between the two characters the 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 idea of like one being the selfish turning selfless and one being the selfless looking towards himself a little bit more and then they really show that in Endgame and I think that's the logical the most logical progression to their characters so when Iron Man dies and when Captain America passes the shield. I feel like their stories are done. Because where yeah. can you go w- up, like after that? I I still don't want to accept accept that because you know we've grown up with you know RDJ and Chris Evans. Um, but it, obviously, it felt very real in the did. Spider-Man trailer because it was like yeah you know, okay. And Endgame, you're like okay, I can't accept this, but like you know, then the movie ends. You know, like ten minutes later, and you're like yeah. I okay. love the way Endgame ended. By the way. Yeah, with the dance, you didn't. You don't expect an action movie to end with a beautiful, a romantic, emotional dance because it wasn't just like, oh, that's cute, they're dancing. Like if you follow the MCU, you know what that dance means to him. Oh yeah. Like in the first Avenger, uh, she he said, you know, I like don't miss the dance, and then she says, you know, a week from Saturday, don't you dare be late. And mm-hmm. then obviously he goes under the ice. And then Winter Soldier, when he's visiting her in the hospital, he said, I couldn't leave my best girl, not when I still owe her that dance. And then in yeah. Civil War, she passed away. And you can see like yeah. the heartbreak in his face that he never got the chance. And then in Endgame, it was just like, if you don't keep up, you, you have no idea what that, how much that scene means to not only Steve Rogers, but like to the audience of like, that was like an amazing scene. Yeah. That he finally got the chance to be with the one person he's wanted to be with for his entire life that he finally got the chance to. Mm-hmm. And the biggest action movie of the year ends with a dance and a song yeah. from the 40s. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else noticed this. 
another parallel side note, that's the same song that was playing in Winter Soldier when Nick Fury was shot by the Winter Soldier by Bucky. Oh, really? Did you notice? Yeah, when uh, Sharon is like, by the way, I think your radio is still on. And he opens the door and he sees Nick Fury. That's the song that's oh, playing. Right. So I was like, did he have this song picked out? Like, that's so sad. Oh, like he was listening to it and like just imagining the last dance. Yeah. Like the dance that they could have had, like yeah. the life that they could have had. That's really sad. That is really sad to, to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another, I mean, parallel. there's so many parallels in this movie that you can only catch if you've been following along. Yeah, like from the beginning, and even like you know the the, the ending of the original Iron Man, where I am Iron Man, mm-hmm. and you're like the like the top thing that a superhero does is never reveal their identity, and then at the end of your origin story, right before you cut the credits, he's like, "I am Iron Man." You're like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, you're like, "Why would you?" You're like, okay, yeah. But I think the only identity that's kept secret is Peter Parker's. Everyone else knows who they are. The world knows who they are, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't yeah. know who else would be because well, I was gonna say, I was thinking oh Hawkeye, but no, he had he had the ankle bracelet on because he's on house arrest, so they know him. And Ant Man, I mean, they know. I think Ant Man, they like they don't really care. I mean, like if you look at the scene <laughs> yeah, in Endgame, yeah. it's like okay, and like nobody really knows. Like, yeah, it's not like they, they everybody knows who Ant Man is. Like the the person, but nobody mm-hmm. really like knows Ant Man because he's not very yeah. popular. By the way, Ant Man was a crucial, crucial, crucial character in Endgame. Yeah, without Ant Man, yeah, a lot of people were saying that the the hero of Endgame was the rat that stepped on yeah. the thing. The rat, or the thing is, um, I know we talked about this before, but just to to bring it out, like this theory with the mouse stepping on the thing, and basically the mouse or the rat saving the whole universe was that. The mouse, or like the rat, or the mouse. I don't know. I think it was most likely a rat, but people are saying it could be like a mouse. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you associate it as a mouse, you can think of Disney or Mickey Mouse. And you're like, Disney saved Marvel by buying them out in 2009 or 2010 <laughs> um, and, and saving them and, you know, funding them and giving them, like now, giving them all the ca- their characters, well, not all, but most of their characters back and just kind of supporting them that way and in yeah. turning what was like, almost like something that was dying because Marvel was just selling off all their properties. They sold off Spider-Man, like their biggest character to stay afloat. And then they started a a universe, like a whole cinematic universe with a character named Iron Man from the comics that, I mean, it really wasn't like now he's a big character in the comics, but he was just kind of like a B sort of like B list character in Marvel. I mean, the Marvel's like, you know, bread and butter was Spider-Man and he's gone. Like, who do you make a movie with? And they started with Iron Man. And they they tried to make Iron Man cool. And, you know, they made Iron... They did make Iron Man cool. I think he's, like, really cool. Like, just, like, the whole persona. Like, driving the Audis, um, you know, with the cool house and stuff like that. They turned mm-hmm. Iron Man into that cool character that everybody wanted to be. And then Captain America comes along and they turned Captain America into that super patriotic, very moral, virtuous character that everybody wants to be. Like the, the real leader of the, the leader, yeah. And then I think now, like, it's weird how this has worked out. I don't know if it's planned by Marvel or what, but it was in the beginning, it was kind of Iron Man's. And it, you know, the, his arc has kind of been a lot of the NBC's he's been in nine of the 22. So there's been a lot of Iron Man, but it feels like they're like peaks of these characters where Iron Man kind of sets the whole thing off. And then as we head towards Civil War, it's kind of Captain America. A lot of people are picking up speed towards Captain America. 
And now, I think, especially after Thor Ragnarok, like Thor is like building up a lot of just popularity and and he's changed the whole character from kind of being like that side, like, oh, he's super powerful, he's a god, but yeah. I mean, I don't want to listen to Romeo and Juliet or like you know, some sort of <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, if you watch the first Thor and then Endgame or Thor Rad, I think Thor Radnarok moreover, mm-hmm. you see him go from this like I mean, I think even in 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 event the Fritz Avengers, he tells Loki like, "Oh, oh, brother, something, something from what suits you ill." And I'm like, "What does that even mean?" And like they're yeah. just, they're just talking all Shakespearean and all with their like their capes and everything. And um, yeah, you know. And I'm just like, okay, he he is Thor. Like, this is cool. It's an it's an odd character. It's a it's unique. It's interesting. But then at one point in Thor: The Dark World, I think Chris Hemsworth said, "You know, I kind of grew tired of, tired of myself." And then yeah. in Thor Ragnarok, they destroyed his hammer. They shaved his head. They killed. They destroyed Asgard. They killed off. Who did they kill off in Thor and Ragnarok? Um, the uh, the the, war, the warriors. Yeah, the warriors three. Um, were killed off. Odin. Odin. Yeah, they completely scratched Thor one and two, and they remade yeah. Thor, which I think was was a a great idea because everyone else was kind of being remade. Why not remake him too? Yeah, and no. remake a character that like one of like they say that are the core three. I feel like Iron Man and Captain America have been like the top two, and then yeah. Thor has been kind of like a side third. But I feel like now Thor is because I mean he's not done. No, he's not. He's, he's not. He's still he's going. Chilling with the Guardians now. He's chilling with the Guardians now. And, and I also loved his look in Endgame. That's the thing too. I feel like <laughs> because in Endgame, it's the most logical progression for his character, and I feel yeah. like. I mean, okay, a lot of it was played off as a joke, you know, with like Lebowski and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. he was kind of sleeping, wanting Bloody Mary's thing, you know, yeah. very, very fun. Because, it, But that's what Marvel does. Marvel does humor. But when it comes down to it, that humor comes from something. Because it's, it, it's pain is really logical. Like to yeah. lose, he lost everything. He doesn't have anything left. He lost his, his, well, he still has people of Asgard, but he lost his brother, his best friend, his three warriors, his dad, his mom, mm-hmm. his, both of his, or one of his love interests valkyrie was like in the on the fence in the first um they're in third ragnarok but um it it makes sense while he will kind of descend down that downward spiral and i really like the fact that i saw this um not a theory but it's like review of it and they're like uh you know thor has been through so much and his character has changed but he's still worthy enough to lead and to take control and to fight for what's right even though he's been going through all this terrible terrible stuff yeah yeah and he because in the end he still fought thanos and he was still worthy to lift the hammer mjolnir and to lift stormbreaker he's still worthy i mean just because he has physical like a physical change he's gained weight and he's you know like his hair is longer and stuff like that doesn't mean that it makes him any less of a person or i mean in his case a god yeah i i really like that scene also like i think it's an overlooked scene when Bruce and Rocket are going to visit him, and mm-hmm. uh, Korg and Meek are playing Fortnite on the on the sofa, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, Thor is talking about whatever he's talking about, and then Bruce says, "You know, we know how to stop Thanos. We know how to fix what Thanos has done," and yeah. it's just like a face change, like it's like night and day of an expression from Thor being all smiley to all like, oh, "Why'd you remind me?" And yeah. um, like I was trying so hard to forget, and then he kind of grabs Bruce, and then Bruce is like get your hand off of me in such a yeah. like not like a mean way but such a like i'm here for you but get your hand off of me yeah um 
and I, I think, think that- I think what it is is like get your hand off of me, you know, and stand like stand up for yourself because yeah. then right after he's like, yeah, stop leaning on me, yeah, because then after he does the same thing uh, to um, he says like it, it, they kind of flip the the roles from Ragnarok where instead of Thor helping Hulk, uh, Bruce Banner or Hulk helps Thor. You're like you know somebody has to be there for you, and I'm here for you because you were there for me. That's what Bruce Banner yeah. tells Hulk, or um, Bruce Banner tells um, uh, Thor. Yeah, that's another parallel. And uh, those characters have kind of gone on like similar journeys, but um, I suppose since since Ragnarok, because you know they've all also been the, like the two strongest Avengers, try to deal with that power. And that's what Thor is like. Thor, his like you know, if, if Iron Man's struggle is uh, being the center of attention. And Captain America's struggle is trying to live for himself and outside of the uniform. Thor's struggle is to live within his own powers. And he's confused about like what it is, what it means to rule. And even even though he, you know, he he bashes Loki about in the first Avengers, like, oh, you don't know how to rule, or you know, you don't know what it means to rule. Thor doesn't either. I think it comes from that sort of place where he's like, I don't know how to lead a people. I mean, I'm super powerful and I know like how to follow and I know how to be part of a team, but I don't know how to lead a people and be, you know, take into account all these things. And it, it's not, it doesn't say anything bad about his character. It just says what he's not. And he's been yeah. trying, he was been forced into that position by Odin, of course, his dad, king of Asgard. And near the end, in, in Endgame, he's like, you know what? I want to live for myself. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to live to, what did his mother say? I'm not going to live oh. to, who I'm, um, who I'm meant to be, um, to who well, I am, or to a, yeah. How did she say well, it? Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm slipping on what you're saying, but one thing that I really like about what the interaction between Thor and his mother was, um, that that part. Where, well, obviously, when they first reunite, he's like, like sobbing at this point because he he sees his mother. What's his mother's name? Freya. Freya. Thank you. And uh, she tells him uh, it's okay to fail or um, what makes what makes you a hero is not how, like how few times you fail, but it's how you overcome your failure, how you live with your failure. Yeah. And Thor is not living with his failure. He's obviously de- in, he's depressed and he's spiraling. And then he learns that and he's like, and the part where he calls the hammer to get the hammer back, I, I think that's also overlooked because he, he, then he says, I'm still worthy. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm still worthy of the hammer, and that's yeah. that kind of like made me a little sad because, like, yeah, yeah, you're still worthy, even though you're going through this. Yeah, you're still worthy. And that's also another thing scene that was kind of played off as a joke where he gets the hammer back because he's kind of like waiting, and she, oh, it sometimes takes a little bit, and then he gets it, and he just smiles. He's like, ha ha, yeah. he just smiles, and you're like, that's like a huge thing for him. Mm-hmm. That's like you know his hammer was destroyed in Ragnarok, and ever since Ragnarok, he's been struggling to find who he is. And like this is one sign that says, you know what, you're gonna be okay. After, especially after the yeah. the talk with his mom. Yeah, it was, it was like just so many emotional scenes in there. That you like you you can't talk about every single scene and however long we have, but it's just it's just so incredible how they were able to incorporate all these things in a three hour movie. I think it should yeah. have been longer. Um, but <laughs> I I thought it was really. Really, really. Yeah. I mean, on first viewing, you can't really tell us three hours, but you could tell it's a no, long movie. No, you can't. Yeah, because someone said 
a, a reviewer said halfway through the movie you start to feel the three hours but i'm like i never felt it no i never felt it. and they were like oh my god make sure you go to the bathroom but like i can you can hold in your your urine for like eight hours on a school day why can't you hold it in for three hours yeah. that that first of all was like what um yeah <laughs> because because then even kevin feige came out and he's like he's like you know forget about the runtime focus on the movie yeah 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 I mean, we we saw it twice in theaters, and the second time we saw it, we were still as antsy about it because we, we knew it was going to happen, yeah. obviously. And especially, but, and that, but that second time, it felt faster. It did, it did, and we still didn't feel it. I still didn't feel the three hours. It was like, oh, it's over. Come on. Yeah, but um, what Endgame feels like, though, in, in like in itself, it, it feels like it is a, a bunch of movies tied together, and. And when we really talk about it, it's it feels like it's not really a movie. It's like an experience. Like you you sit down and you just let it happen. Yeah, yeah. I I, I really I really like the way that they did all the time jumps. It was kind of like a homage, like a goodbye. Like remember this moment, remember that moment. Okay, now here. Like remember this, remember that, and mm-hmm. and that which also goes back to my point that if you didn't watch or didn't keep up with all the Marvel movies as they came out chronologically in theaters then you wouldn't have been like you know when especially when it said like New York 2012 I think the whole audience was like oh my god you know the Battle of New York it was a Chitauri yeah. but then if you didn't you're just like what's happening like what is this battle yeah you know? I mean you can still appreciate like wow this is a really cool scene like everything that's happening yeah. but there's just so much more because I think this movie Endgame was was built for the fans like people that have been keeping up because if you if you've at least seen like the origin story of each person of each like superhero, it's like instantly like a hundred percent better. If you've seen everything, it's like a thousand percent better. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like a movie where it just connects. It's like it's the pinnacle of what it could have been. Like it couldn't have been better. I mean, it closed off two like superpower characters in Iron Man and Captain America, and it's it's set up. Again, like I mean, and Black Widow. Black Widow is also her story, but you know, I think she just does a prequel coming. So, the thing is that she's still gone, though. But it's just it's going to be a prequel, and I maybe like a prequel series, like mm-hmm. just to tell more of her story. So she's not going to be like in like, like moving the forward. Next, yeah, yeah, moving forward. Yeah. Um. So it closed off their stories, and then it opened up more. So now Thor, we said is. Be with the Guardians, and there's going to be he's most likely going to be in Guardi- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Vol- Volume Three, or or as Guardians of the Galaxy, and Which and Hulk. Really cool. Yeah, and um and Hulk. I mean, we don't really know exactly where his story is going, but but now he's Professor Hulk, and yeah, with permanent more, arm damage. With permanent arm damage, is it permanent? I don't know. I I read that it was permanent. It makes oh. sense why why it is permanent because there was a lot of. I mean, it killed yeah. Tony and it ruined Thanos's arm, who's a who's a demigod. Why wouldn't it hurt him? Yeah, you know? and and Thanos had the whole Infinity Gauntlet. He had like the Stark, yeah, nano true. nanotech yeah. gauntlet. Um, and then the other uh, Avenger that we we really haven't touched on uh, a lot yet is is uh, Hawkeye. Because Hawkeye, Hawkeye is yeah. is now moving into his own series with uh, his, his daughter most likely and her becoming the Hawkeye. Well, I mean, most likely he is just kind of living life as a family man, because in those five years in Endgame, Hawkeye was like lost. I mean, he'd like lost it, but he was also he did, lost. Yeah. 
he was hunting down bad people that survived the snap and you, you just you felt really bad that he was resorting to he was really distracting himself from everything that he lost um yeah but he was doing it in such a unhealthy and because way. it's like when you think about it you're like hey hawkeye why not just go back to the avengers and say hey guys what's going on like what happened yeah why not why would you go out and be by yourself but i think that's really his like his whole character is um you can really describe it by the quote in i think it was in the first avengers where he's like oh the hawk or it was i think dr dr selvig yeah eric selvig yeah. eric selvig he says the the hawk oh he's up in his nest and he's just kind of hiding away and like at the top of like a really tall like uh on the building like a rafter mm -hmm. and you're just like you could just see from that moment what what hawkeye really is he he does look from like from the sidelines and he's just yeah. kind of observing he's like alone and, secluded which i think which is what created that really big shock factor in age of ultron when the safe house was his home with his family and his wife He's yeah. like, wait a minute i did not expect this at all because you're so standoffish exactly and and that that's the whole scene was like something that joss whedon wanted to push mm -hmm. to show that hey this character is like he's not so like alone and lost i mean he's got his own and he knows what it's like to be a, a father figure in a family and that's what uh what uh remember he's having the conversation with his wife they are she says to him, like, I'm scared for you. And he's like, why are you scared? Because, like, you know, you see those gods down there. And yeah, I think they're looking at Iron Man, Captain America. You're like, um, you're scared. Like, they don't they're, they don't need me because I'm just, you know, Hawkeye, the guy with the bow. Mm -hmm. And she says, no, I'm scared that they do. And you really lose that because you, you feel like Hawkeye is kind of, like the, kind of like the guy that's left out from the Avengers, kind of on the sidelines. But he's he's really an integral part of it. Yeah, and he was the reason that Scarlet Witch got like not only gained higher control of her power, but was able to become a part of the Avengers because she was terrified. She was afraid hiding in the in the the home, the the hut, wherever she was hiding. And then oh, he and came in Age of Ultron, right? And then he was like, uh, "You know, you can sit here and mope, and I'll just tell your brother to come and get you." And at one point, he says, "Like, you know, there are robots, there are gods, and I'm a guy with a bow and arrow." So he kind of teased fun at himself. Yeah, but um. And then he said, you can sit here and I'll, I'll find your brother to come and get you. Or you can step outside and once you do, you're an Avenger. Yeah. And I think she's like, you know what? I need to stop. Like, I'm I think she's arguably one of the strongest Avengers. Yeah. Um, because she and Captain Marvel get their power from the Infinity Stone. And I think in, in, even in um, Endgame, she almost defeated Thanos. And then Thanos got scared and he was like, rain fire. Yeah. So you can, she, you can see her too, because I think what Doctor Strange or something somebody has said that Doctor Strange realizes that Scarlet Witch has um, magic, uh, but it's just untamed. Like she doesn't know how to control yeah. it. Yeah, and she really lost control when she was defeating Thanos. Yeah, she did. She did. But, but it made sense because in Infinity War, she was able to hold back Thanos with one arm and destroy. Uh, the Mind Stone, is that what Vision has? Mm -hmm. And destroy the Mind Stone with the other. And Thanos had five of the Infinity Stones already in that moment. And she was holding back five Infinity Stones, Thanos, and destroying the Mind Stone at the same time. So it only made sense for an endgame for him to be terrified because she's strong. And he didn't have the yeah. gauntlet. So all her power was going towards him, just his body, just him. Yeah. So that's why... Yeah. And in Endgame too, it was, it was just like the scenes like you took everything from me and he's like, I don't even know who you Yeah, are. yeah. Like, 
Yeah, and you can see like that's like it's a different Thanos in that one. And there's mm -hmm. even like it's crazy. There's development for Thanos too. But just before we get there, let's talk a little bit more about Hawkeye, where he says, um, with in relation to him helping Scarlet Witch, he's kind of, he's kind of like a brother to Black Widow and like like maybe a father to Scarlet Witch, you can say. And he's kind of like that figure where he's um, he's just kind of demonstrating how to be, if not a leader, just like uh, a caretaker for people. Like how to yeah. say, like how to just like understand somebody. Like he understands, like Black Widow has been dealing with a lot of stuff. And Hawkeye has been the only Avenger that has been an Avenger while also having a family. Because Iron Man, yeah, he's, he has a daughter and his wife, but he had that during the five years of without the Avengers. Exactly. Hawkeye, Hawkeye has been the only one who's been able to balance both and successfully yeah. done both, like help yeah. the Avengers while also taking care of his family. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he said, I remember in Civil War, he's like he's retired, and then and then after he, um, it's the snap. So then he goes crazy into Ronan. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. He's retired, and then he gets on house arrest, and then he becomes Ronan. Mm -hmm. Um. By by like you know he's just trying to go and and find and kill people that he thinks did you know were part of the snap in some way but so that shows what his character is and i think that's that's what it is he's like that's that's his part to play in the avengers and his struggle yeah. is is what he said in age of ultron where he's like you don't think they need me like i'm just a guy with a bow like you don't think they need me i'm not necessary to the team yeah, but um, also you could say the same thing for Black Widow because she's an assassin just like he is, and she has I think yeah. batons and like the electric things. Yeah, but um, I I, I don't God. think. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think she know like I don't think she understands that as like what her, like what her issue is. If we're talking about issues, like her issue is like her anger, like kind of like yeah. Hulk's anger, uh, with the world. Hawkeye's issue, I think, is that where he's like, uh, "Do they need I'm, me?" Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like Black um, Widow is more like I, I'm like the moral compass in a sense. And they uh, I need to like control all these men in the beginning because in the beginning it was just like the six. So she was the only woman there. She's like, I, I need to kind of contain everyone and kind of get everyone back on the ground to kind of fight for themselves and fight for everyone else. Hawkeye was more like, you know, I have to prove myself in a way. Yeah. And I think that's that's been his, his whole character. And and prove himself and maybe that's why that's why he didn't go to the avengers after the snap that uh, i killed his family too mm -hmm. where he's like i have to prove that i can protect my family and he yeah. didn't he didn't go back to the avengers and he's like you know i'm gonna go and become this character named ronin go undercover and and see if i can solve this and when it didn't and he when he reconnected with scarlet witch he did in in a way i mean he did solve it i mean with his family so it did everything worked out for him but um you know not for everybody else uh but yeah. it, but it shows what his character is he's like you know what i i am i am worthy of being an avenger and that is that is what i am i'm an avenger and i'm worthy to be an avenger and uh, i'm caring for this family that i've also created both yeah. in his like real blood family and the family in the event, like the family that he has within the Avengers. I mean, overall, we've seen such such an evolution between the original six, and I mean, like they're not the same people that they were in the beginning. And I think for, uh, for some good, some bad, 
um, bad in Hawkeye's, you know, killing rage, but good mm-hmm. in the way that Iron Man and Captain America learned that the way they were living wasn't maybe the best way. Um, so I, I really liked watching those six, and I'm really excited to see the because re- we have so many more heroes. We have Spider Man, Doctor Strange, we have Falcon and Bucky, we have Captain Marvel, um, mm-hmm. we have. The new and improved Nebula, who is uh, going to be close friends with the Guardians now. We have the Guardians. We have Thor. Um, just so many more characters that are left to explore. Which I'm yeah. really interested to see how they're going to kind of how they're going to pass off. Away. Yeah, how they're going to steer away from the loss of half of the original six: Black Widow, Captain America, and Iron Man. Yeah, and and who knows? Maybe in another ten years, years we'll be talking about a new original six, and and they're. Maybe. And from their origin, which was Endgame, maybe. Who, who um, do you who do you think the next original six are going to be? Definitely Spider Man. That's a good Definitely. question. That's okay. We'll we'll end the episode on that. Who okay. are going to be the next original six? That'll be the question uh, we'll say to each other, and then that's the question we'll pitch okay. to you. This is uh, what I think, because ooh, because we're, we're talking another ten years. So definitely Captain Marvel and Spider Man are in there. I agree. Um, oh God, this is difficult. Uh, I, wa- I want to say Ant-Man, but I don't know if he's going to be an original six. Like um, one of like the go-to. Like one of the main. The main. One of the mains. Yeah, one of the main. Um, um, I want to say Doctor Strange. Doctor, Doctor Strange, yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe... Mm. I, I, Scarlet Witch. I feel like Scarlet Witch. What else is she gonna do? I mean, in her Vision thing, uh, her Wanda Vision uh, that yeah. series. I mean, she's probably uh, maybe she's gonna be dealing with like the aftermath, and maybe it's gonna be like a prequel series where she's like kind of you know her relationship with Vision. But I yeah. think in the continuity of the movies, where else does she have other like the, her family other than the Avengers? So I feel like she's gonna be an integral part of that that team, and maybe. Yeah. If Doctor Strange is also in that team, they could like be, you know, teaching each other. Like Doctor Strange can like hone her magic. Mm-hmm. Do you think Falcon is be- is going to become one of the six? See, I'm really excited for that for Falcon taking on the mantle of Captain America because yeah. I feel like he he could be the leader because he was the leader. And if yeah. you look at if you look at his like the the most iconic scene with Falcon, I think where it shows his like prowess and leading was in the civil war airport battle where he's like cap i think if we're going to win this some of us are not he's like you know and he he made a sacrifice there he's like you know i want to probably lose and i'm going to end up in the raft in the prison yeah and he did he did i, I feel like falcon is not appreciated enough i mean he's a he's a soldier and he he defended cap he fights for cap even when he really even knew cap mm-hmm. um and uh i just I, I like the kind of comedic relief he has i like the relationship with bucky that he has and i think Steve made the right decision in giving the the mantle to Falcon. Yeah, because, because in a way, oh sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say because a lot of people are thinking, oh, you should have given it to Bucky. He's your best friend. But Bucky is so I don't want to say damaged, but he he's he's been a victim of a lot. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if he can live up to that like goodness and morality that encapsulates Captain America. Because Something as we've like said, Captain America is like already good. Like, He's already and Bucky, good. Yeah. And Bucky's still trying to figure out like how to get there. Yeah. And so, I think Falcon demonstrates how good he is by fighting. He's like, you know, if Captain America is going to fight, I'm going to fight with him. And he shows like, I'm a man in uniform, kind of like how Captain America was like the entire time. He's like, I'm fighting for somebody else or for something else. 
some greater good. To Falcon, that greater good was Captain America. Yeah. And and now he's Captain America. So I want to include him in my next six. I think Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, Falcon, Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch, and one more. Uh, is that five? Spider-Man, Doctor Spider-Man. Strange, Scarlet Witch, Captain Marvel. Um, Me one more. See, now this one more. This is the, the, the issue between the two thing, I think. Oh, what about Black Panther? Yeah, yeah, that was saying gonna say Black Panther, but what about also like the, the wasp? Oh yeah. But then you have to put Ant Man? Because don't they aren't they partners? Oh, but then yeah. Falcon and Bucky, you could say the same thing about them. Yeah, I mean you could kind of bring um, in like there could be like the side, yeah. like sidekick. Um but yeah, then but- there's also uh, how about do we cheat a little bit and just put them both in? Well, I was gonna say put them both in, but like uh Captain America was original six in the same time he was friends with Bucky and Falcon and they weren't in the six. So Yeah. It doesn't no, really, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, saying, can... I'm saying you cheat you put in Wasp and Black Panther. Oh oh okay, okay. I thought you meant Wasp and Ant Man. Oh no no no, yeah, um, yeah. You put you put Wasp and like by connection. Wasp Ant-Man. slash Black Panther. Yeah. Because I feel with that you've got, you know, um you've got uh, Falcon, the new Captain America, as like your leader. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, and Black Panther are like all very super powered, but they're also kind of like doing their own thing. With you know, Black Panther's got Wakanda to take care of. Doctor Strange has the whole like r- all the realms to like look after, and and Captain Marvel's looking over the universe. Uh, universe. Uh, sorry. So you need some like some strong character like be the face of the Avengers kind of like, you know, Captain America yeah. was the face of the Avengers. So, I mean, Captain America could still be the face of the Avengers. It's just like a new face in the Falcon. Yeah. It just, I don't know. Just, I, I don't, I don't want to think of the next six. because I love the original six. But yeah. It's because it, like, the next six are a new generation. They're another 10 years, hopefully another 10 years. Yeah. I mean, you never know where the story's going to go, but but most likely, and then like what what stuff is coming? Maybe a character like Shang Chi could be part of the next six. Yeah, that's true too. There there are a lot of new, you know, like Marvel's The Eternals is in question. Yeah, and I did you see Richard Richard Madden was cast? I saw Madden. that. I saw yeah. that. I was like, that is amazing. I think Angelina Jolie, she's in question as well. Yeah, and I'm like, they're bringing some really like a listers into this. So. Yeah, July is going to be a big month. It's going to be a big month. Yeah, yeah. Spider Man, Spider Man's going to bring in the multiverse. If you know, yeah. if Mysterio doesn't make it all a lie, and and then after in the San Diego Comic Con, Marvel's going to bring the big guns, and they're going to be revealing a lot of like I think they said they're going to be revealing the titles of those eight movies. Yeah. But and somewhere in there is going to be the Black Panther, or sorry, yeah, yeah, maybe Black Panther two, you know, Doctor Strange two, maybe Captain Marvel two, a Spider Man three, Spider, well, Spider Man, oh yeah, Spider Man three, yeah, yeah, because Far From Home is Spider Man two, yeah, uh, another maybe Avengers movie. That that's that's what I'm thinking right now. Um, so as of right now, as the characters that we know, like not looking into the future, like um, what may or may not come, yeah, just yeah. the original six that we have. We're saying Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch, Captain Marvel, uh, Falcon, and 
uh, Wasp slash Black, Black Panther. That's what we're saying right now. That's what we're saying. So that's what we're saying for our six Avengers. What yeah. are you saying for your six Avengers? Currently. Don't bring in anyone else. Because we don't current, know yet. Current Avengers. We don't know yet. And if you're listening to this in July, maybe. You, um, but but that's those are our picks. Uh, what are your picks? Comment and like and subscribe. And tell us anywhere on social media what your six Avengers are, what your next six Avengers are going to be for the next decade of movies. Um, and we hope you enjoyed Real Talks episode one. Um, this is a cool new series that we're pioneering, and we want to keep these Real Talks going. So thank you for t- tuning in to Real Talks episode one. Thank you for listening to our chat about Avengers Endgame, what is the biggest movie of the year. And what is a real crazy experience to, to behold, especially, you know, in, in our lifetime. So we hope you enjoyed. We hope you'll keep listening on, keep listening to the logs, all the new content that's coming. And thank you. We want to say thank you. So we hope to see you next time.